I want to hold your remote in the car. Oh I want to drive. <laughs> I'm driving around. Do you want to hold the remote in the movie theater? <laughs> <laughs> Today on the Geek Out Podcast, the U.S. bans lithium-ion batteries and check baggage, but that's not important. We're going to go see Captain Marvel during this podcast. <laughs> and we're going to talk about some other stuff, Game of Thrones. And then we're going to talk about Captain Marvel. Like a lot of Captain Marvel. Nerdy is the new sexy. It's good to be a geek. The Zones Geek Out, the podcast. Yay! Welcome to the Geek Out Podcast, episode 22. This is the double-double half-cap in Marvel Geek Out, where we are literally going to record half a podcast talking about maybe one thing about Game of Thrones, then we're going to go away, and we're going to go watch Captain Marvel as a geek pod, and then we're going to come back and talk about Captain Marvel, and somehow it's going to all be in one podcast, because uh, we record this on March 7th and 8th, 2019. I'm Wem Bud. I host Bud's Weekly Geek Out, Wednesdays at 7.20 with Dylan and Jason in the Morning Zone. My name is DJ Boitano. You can hear me every weekday afternoon at 5 o'clock doing the mixtape. My name is Paul Blastino, and I host a Quit Smoking a Seminar every weekend of Sunday afternoons at the Sandman Hotel in Victoria on Blanchard Street. Art Aronson, <laughs> news reporter on the Q in the Zone, uh, also co-host of Between the Stammers. Hang on, what? And didn't I say we were going to try and make this section succinct? Yeah, so get moving. Okay, oh, Kirsten, Kirsten, go ahead. Yeah, it's Kirsten. Is it like by hypnotosis? Hypnotosis? That, hypnotosis. That's part of it. <laughs> okay, Hypno- cool. Yeah, that's part of it. I that's like right. that. Yes, that's hypnotosis is my it's new favorite word. <laughs> I'm Kirsten when... James. I can't speak properly, and I'm on a podcast. Hypnotosis is when your hypnosis smells bad. <laughs> <laughs> Holy smokes, you guys. So Kirsten made us a Facebook page and a Facebook group last week. Why are you tilting your water on a 45-degree angle over all this equipment? fine. Okay, fine. Science. She made us this... <laughs> it's science. This page and this group last week and a f- few of us invited friends. We have over 200 people liking the Geek Out Podcast Facebook page, which is amazing mm-hmm. and crazy and weird. And thank you so much for doing that. We're going to try and tie in what we talk about here with uh, things we post on the podcast. We will not be spammy. We will be friendly. And we're... This is great. We're really looking forward to yeah. interacting with you. Thank you guys so much for joining. It's so cool. And join the group too um, if you want to have conversations and discussions uh, with us or if you just want to share geeky things. With each other too. With each other, yeah. yeah. Share them on the group. Um, it's just uh, hopefully going to be a fun place that we can go and all geek out together. Yeah, at a basic level, the page is more of like announcements and then there's some discussion and the group is more discussion and then there's discussion. Does that sound about right? Yep. Cool. Like the page, join the group, rate, review, subscribe. Yay, that's wow. it. Nice work. Um, and something else we set up last week was the email address geekout at thezone.fm. And so now we're going to go to the geekout mailbag. Well, that failed. We'll try it again next week. Uh, Brian, let's talk about where we're going to be soon. All right. Now, we had talked about this uh, a couple of weeks ago. We had announced it officially, but we didn't even have kind of a date and time and specific location of where we're going to be. But we are going to be at uh, the Capital City Comic Con. Capital City Comic Con is happening March 22nd to 24th at the Victoria Conference Center. We are going to be taking the Zones Geek Out and doing a live recording Whee! at the Comic Con. It's going to be... In now, if, you, if you're going to the Comic-Con, maybe you need to write this down or note, make note of this somewhere. Uh, but it's going to be on Saturday, March 23rd. 
at Oak Bay Room 2, two. Yep. Oak Bay Room 2, at 5.30 p.m. Come and see us. We're going to be in this room. We're going to be recording a podcast <laughs> live at the Comic-Con. If the room is empty, especially 200 followers on the Facebook page, it's going to be really embarrassing, so please come by. But I'll bring the same cricket sound effects that we had for our mail <laughs> Yes, great idea. Fantastic Thanks idea. Thanks for coming out, Victoria! <laughs> <laughs> I looked at the map today, and I love how we are one room separated from the souk room, which, uh, in, in for, for the purposes of Comic-Con, will be the sensory room, so the quiet room. Actually. We are going to be two rooms beside that, so swear less! Is two rooms enough more. of a buffer for Paul's yelling. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. We're in Oak Bay, two, Oak Bay Room 2, and then there's only Oak Bay Room 1 in between us and the quiet room. And just, uh, It's going to be like people relaxing, and then they're going to hear, fart! Yeah. Nope. <laughs> get like, rid! I feel like a strong urge to get rid oh, and no, quit smoking. No. <laughs> oh, man. So, let's talk about my weekly geek out really quickly. The U.S. has banned uh, lithium-ion batteries and checked luggage because cargo fires are a thing and there are fire suppression systems, but you, you know, many, anyways, basically you have to carry them on, uh, which is fine because you have people up there with fire extinguishers who are probably better than an automated fire suppression system. Um, and yeah, cargo hold fires seem to be the predominant reason for this. So yeah, if you have a phone or tablet or laptop or anything, you cannot put it in your bag and check it. It has to come with you in your Carry on. All those things. All those things. Phone, laptop, tablet. Nintendo Switch. Nintendo Switch. Roomba, phone charger, flashlight, anything with a lithium ion battery. What about if my luggage has one of those built in batteries so Ooh. I can plug my phone into my luggage? That is a great question. I'll tell you for cargo flights where they're shipping these batteries, all the batteries now have to be below 30%. So very possibly they would ask you to do that discharge at below 30% uh, before they will check it. Wow. That would take I a see. long time, too, if it was at 100%. Because it's not like <laughs> emptying a shampoo bottle. You'd have to sit there and, and charge, charge a bunch it. of things. Okay, maybe that's something that they do then. They have like a plug that you can plug your luggage into. and then drains it, it? Yeah, it drains it. Or right. it, like, it runs the like meat grinder or something for the chilies. Or... The Comic-Con will have uh, charging stations, I've seen. Maybe the airports will have discharging stations. Yeah. Maybe. Interesting, hey? Hmm. All right, whatever. That's fine. Let's talk about Game of Thrones. Uh, very, very excited. Is this our, like, would this be our first official, no, second official? First official yeah. trailer. Had a first full trailer. This is the first trailer. Okay, first yeah, official full teased. trailer. Yeah, we've had teasers with some clips. We've had teasers with some custom shot stuff. This is the first full Game of Thrones trailer for season eight, which comes out on... April 14th, which I believe is a Sunday. Should God be. damn, was Sunday. it good. I just want to point out how like Art stood up to start talking about this. He was so excited, Art. Art I is am. the hype. <laughs> so start talking. <laughs> oh, no, 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 that was a cue. Yeah, that was a cue for me. Do we want to go what? Like, Two minutes and 13 or? seconds, I think it was. It was just pure awesomeness, and it gave really nothing away. Mm -hmm. And that's what you want. Yeah, exactly from a trailer, right? We have the. Uh, Do you think you give nothing away? I don't know. I gleaned. Yeah, like, I, I, stuff. Stuff I, I, I paused a couple times. There's a part like midway through the trailer when um, Brienne is attacking somebody and all this like fire, and then it cuts to a shot of Jamie being like, "No!" And I paused it. Like, who knows if those shots go together? But I paused it and I was like, "Who is Brienne fighting?" And it was funny too because at first that I know exactly the scene that you're thinking of. Um, I thought it was Jamie 
attacking, and I was like, mm. how does he use his sword hand in that shot? <laughs> oh. Should we go shot for shot here? Let's do it. Might Let's as well, do it. right? Sure. We'll, okay, so start okay, off with Arya. She's running through what looks like the crypts. And then we yeah, got Varys hiding the out with all the yeah. women and children in the crypts. <laughs> Arya checks out a weapon made out of dragon glasses. Neat. On April 14th, here comes the comes Golden out. Company on the ships. Jamie, it looks like, no, is at the Jamie. helm of that. No, I thought, that's, who I thought is that? that? Jamie, it's okay. Brienne. Brienne of Tarth. It's not, I don't think it I don't is. Think it no? is either. I think it is either. I think it actually is the leader of the Golden Com- Company, uh, and we won't actually get to oh, meet him. Oh, so somebody new? The leader of the Golden Company is Harry Strickland. It's time travel, and that is Jamie and Brienne's love child. Because oh, <laughs> I know what you're thinking. Like you're thinking that's Oathkeeper. It looks right? like Oathkeeper. Is it not? Is it kind of looks. Well, it's got a, a cool thing on the it handle. Looks, is that not? It. Is that not a wolf? On the on the hilt. Oathkeeper, by the way, is the name of the sword. This is what we're talking it about looks here. Like it Paul is. has that got his is face. Not Oathkeeper. Got his face squished up against. Yeah, Paul, Paul, Paul knows swords. I was going to say Paul is our resident sword yeah, expert. Yeah, if anybody knows swords. Blade. Sorry, but I'm going to get on your fine, mic. That's fine. Oathkeeper has a golden a Lannister gold pommel. Right? There's that great line. I've been looking at Lannister gold all my life. When well, that guy knows it, so that is definitely not Oathkeeper. So I guess this isn't Jamie. I think Someone it's going to be it looks like it's just going to be a new actor. Okay. It's the, yeah. the actor playing uh, Harry Strickland is uh, Mark Risman, this German actor. Okay. So I think this is going to be the first time that we meet him. This literally Meets. does. The hair, the back of the head on the person we're seeing on the ship with the Golden Company does look like Brienne and Jamie's love child. Like the hair is not particularly either one of them, but could look sort of like both. So yeah, they're standing on this ship full of golden people. I don't think that's what you call them. And the Golden Company's coming to... To King's Landing. King's Landing. Yeah, yeah. Cersei, Cersei sent Euron Greyjoy to go and get them. Is that mm-hmm. kind of a cheap way to get an army? I don't know. Absolutely. Well, yeah. That's how it, it works it when you're much. Is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. They're sellswords. Um, okay, so there we have Beric Dondarrion and... Tormund. Tormund. We moved really fast past that first scene, though. Can we oh, sure, talk sure. about the significance of that first scene? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the first times in a long, long time since the early seasons that you see Arya Stark scared shitless. Yeah, because yeah, she's she generally scared of nothing these days. Well, and she does also have that line kind of in the midst of that. I've seen many faces of death I look forward to see. So she was kind of all cocky, right, mm-hmm. leading into the battle. Yeah. She was holding the dragon glass. She's getting ready to, to kick some ass. And you see that, and that's very unnerving. Yeah. That so being that she's running through the hallways. And, of course, in the trailer, for timing, they put in rhythmic breathing, which bugs me. But is that not the hound from here? From this? That nope, looks that is, no, 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 that's no, Aria. That's Aria. Aria. All yeah. the shots of running are Aria. <laughs> I have, like, the worst. Kirsten is yeah. way to the side <laughs> of the water. She is a Game of Thrones well, fan. Well, and, like, Paul she made a really good uh, point, too, is that it's like very Aria. dark. All yeah. these Winterfell scenes are very dark, but I, at the same time, they probably have to be because they're going to be taking place. Like you're, you're going to see a lot of scenes where people are hiding out in the crypts of Winterfell. Winterfell also has tunnels that uh, lead, like escape tunnels. So mm-hmm. that's probably what's going to end up happening if the White Walkers kind of take over and Winterfell falls. Oh, and it's happening. Could be that's probably what's happening. happening here, right? Mm. Is that like maybe Arya is the last to go or something? And <laughs> oh wow, oh, that's what they want us to think. But yeah, she uh, that dragon glass. She's she looks ready to use it. But yeah, you're right. Interspersed with all the other ones, she's terrified. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so we're back to the uh, ships with the Golden Company. We're skipping past this scene. We already talked about it, and then we move into Tormund. Oh, that beautiful flaming yeah. sword. And these guys survived, right? Because yeah. well, they obviously did. Yeah. Because Lord yeah. Commander's there. Yeah. Uh, Tormund and Beric. Thank God, I was so worried for Tormund. <laughs> that scene, yeah. like he's standing right there, and then the dragon comes right and he there. falls yeah. off. I'm like, not. Tormund. Yeah. This might be happening in the 
Um, one of the castles on the wall is called like the Night Castle or something like that, and it's mm-hmm. a very spooky place where, um, like eons ago, mm-hmm. the Night King or the Night Queen, and they used to have um, it, was, it was theorized um, uh, sacrifices to the others and the White Walkers, and there's like a secret passageway underneath of it um, to get over under or beyond the wall hmm. and uh, go straight to maybe the lands of Always Winter. Anyways, there's one castle on the wall that's very, very spooky and connected to the others and the White Walkers, so that might be this. That is interesting that they're in like a castle here, it looks like. And the beautiful flaming sword. Oh, oh there's a Sam. This scene here. Bran yeah. and Sam. Bran and Sam, and Bran is actually saying in this scene, it goes to a a cut of his voice saying, Everything you did brought you where you are now. Where you belong. So, when you see Sam turn around, it's almost as if, like, Jon Snow walks in the room, Mm -hmm. and that's who he's saying that to. And then the next, uh, the cut after this shows King's Landing, almost perfectly on him saying where you belong now. Wow. Foreshadowing. I like it. Please hand the golden um, uh, trailer analysis medal to Brian. This is amazing. (laughs) Or tell me to get a life, because I've seen this so many times. Uh, Here's Cersei looking quite pleased with herself, but and even Kyburn, her last faithful um, servant, looking at her like, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) Right? Like, even he looks upset about what her... the mountain mountain right behind her. This seems like uh, this is probably the scene where the Golden Company is arriving, right? Where they're they're ready to welcome them to King's Landing. That makes sense. A lot of gold uh, accents in in her armor, in her uh, her outfit. Um, Otherwise, they're all wearing... Yeah, they're all wearing black with with ornate gold uh, accents, which is kind of cool. Might be playing into the Golden Company. We don't know. And that's really cool. Kind of reminiscent of season one, hey? It's just like seeing everybody coming, like coming in and somebody from a high perch. That's Bran, right? And is that Bran? I think so. The person no. looks like he's the standing up. The hair looks too light to be yeah, Bran for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's but just it's very reminiscent of Bran. It's, oh, it could it's even very just be a little kid. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, you're Robert right. A lot, of these, a lot of these throwbacks yeah. to uh, to season one. And yeah, somebody on a high top watching the four rows of soldiers make their way. Oh yeah, and the soldiers march, and uh, there we see uh, John and Danny as uh, full-fledged couple look, now. Uh, pretty happy. I don't think uh, anyone's broken the news to them yet. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe is Daenerys going to like totally accept it and uh, drill into being an incest queen because her whole family for generations has embraced and celebrated incest? How do they Wouldn't say? Wouldn't that be the funny thing? It was a different time. It was a different. Yeah. <laughs> a funny thing if this whole show is like we all been we're mad at Cersei and Jamie for being incest couple and then now we're like super stoked about this incest couple because they're the power oh, couple yeah it's such a contrast yeah. makes us hypocrites out of all of us I know but that's a grosser incest couple like not to rate incest couples that's oh exactly what you're doing so it's, it's less gross if you didn't know come no. to my incest couple rating seminar <laughs> next to Paul's yeah. quitting smoking one at the Sandman Hotel hashtag not to rate incest yeah. couples yeah, maybe I shouldn't go into that if you were to get and you're fully in love, and then you go on Maury Povich, and the paternity test reveals that you're oh, related. Oh my goodness. Then, oh God. Then it's okay. Really cool. Which scene. dragon is this? That's Drogon by the looks of it. Okay. Who was taken? Viserys? Yes. 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 Okay. By the ice. Uh... So if you don't 
already know Glean. We're we're actually watching the trailer and pausing as you go. No, we're just doing like, this off What the memory. hell is going on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're watching. Yeah, we're all watching the trailer. Yeah, dragons fly I over love the castle. This over shot Sansa. Though, of Sansa with the dragon because so I think good. this is the first time she's seen them. Oh, yeah. Like I'm I assuming. guess it would be too, wouldn't it? Yeah, she's been all and her off face, on all like, other oh. adventures. I'm gonna put the percentage of time we spend in this season of, of reaction shots of characters seeing dragons for the first time. It's gonna be up near like 12, 13, 14 percent. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty I'm high Almost percentage. one episode. Yeah, it's be a full straight that's episode. a dragon. Okay, <laughs> more from the crypts. Yeah, so it's like John was there first, yeah. and then Danny's just joining him. This could even be after the scene where he, uh, where Bran tells him. Oh yeah, she doesn't look very happy. Dude, now. you've been fucking your sister. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Aunt. Aunt. or aunt. aunt. That's right. Yeah, That's good. yeah. He looks. They have to make a something. very important choice oh, right God. at that moment. You know what? I think you're right. I think that is going to be from that scene because it looks like maybe John has gone downstairs to Liliana Stark's grave. Oh right? man, to like sure. be like, whoa, you were my mom. Yeah, yeah. and now Danny's showing up just to be like, yo, can we fuck again? Oh, this is going to be a very God. emotional scene right here. Oh, I'm yeah. so excited for it already, and it's like a second. <laughs> this shot, you're so right, Brian. That's yeah. totally what's going on there. He's upset. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, look at his oh, sad yeah, face. The, the, the droopy head, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a quick shot to a blacksmith. Gendry. Gendry here. So yeah. I love how Gendry's been promoted to uh, the manager of uh, the Weapons Forge. Right, so. pretty much. Okay, he's, well, he knows how to do it. Yeah, there was lots of hints, apparently, in the last season, too, about Gendry knowing how to uh, do Valerian steel. Valerian steel and yeah, I'm sure and dragon glass. Yeah, John mined all the dragon glass, right? right? So he's overseeing things here, which is kind of neat. He also has better odds to sit on the Game of Thrones and Jamie Lannister. Oh, right. We're talking about the, the, bet, the betting odds thing oh, yeah. with the money and the bets and the things that I don't understand, right? Uh, oh, there's uh, Jorah. Jorah. Jorah Mormont. Jorah, as well as uh, Grey Worm, who's bulked up in this final season. This is guy my favorite couple gym. right here. I would say so, yeah. The guy Gre- is swole now. He Grey gets Worm's to do looking. a lay-down smooch with Missandei um, one time, and then he's like, I'm going to get ripped. Now he's all buff. Okay, go oh, who yeah, was that, right. though? Uh, who was that swinging the sword at the top? Yeah, Brienne, that's right? a good question. So we got the kiss, and then, yeah, that's that. Yeah, it looks like Brienne hair and Brienne skirt. Mm-hmm. I really yeah. hope this is good pod. That I can, people just yeah, yeah, like, right. What is this? What the hell is are this, we doing? Is this good content? This is Paul's suggestion. We don't normally do this. Well, we've kind of done this before. Like, we'll describe scene by scene as it's mm-hmm. going, but we tend to do it real time. We're yeah, just stopping is, and starting This is now. a little extensive, guys. Maybe. But, so, yeah, yeah, a quick quick shot of uh, probably Brienne slicing somebody, and then Jamie just yelling his face off, covered in blood. Oh, yeah, he's not a happy camper. So. I get the feeling that it's not going to be good for people in the north at all. Yeah, that's your theory. You really think yeah. Winterfell falls? Yeah, I think it's done. Oh, Interesting. Man. Yeah. I'm wondering if they're going to knock all of, like, if a lot of these scenes were done all from the first episode. Like, yeah, I wonder if Winterfell I was falls well. in the first episode man. and the rest of the season is just all about the Game of Thrones. Yeah. Did you guys hear the rumor that one of the episodes is just going to be, like, a straight-up battle? Like, a battle episode. Like, yeah. no talking or whatever is going to be set up in the other episode. They're going to go into a battle, and it's going to be an hour and a and half And I, I believe the, the wow. director of that uh, directed some Hard of the home? best battle. Yeah, Hardhome Hard and uh, some of the best battle scenes yeah. mm-hmm. uh, in uh, Game of Thrones. Great, another Helm's Deep. Battle of the Bastards, yeah. yeah. That's the guy. Battle yeah. of the Bastards. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. 
We're in the oh. throne room now. Long, so long shot down in the that throne, throne room. room. You can kind of see it's pretty far away. You're basically seeing all these people kind of standing around. I get, I'm assuming the Iron Throne and, Th- and Cersei. But there's uh, the. It seems like the leader of the Golden Company, and then to his right is oh, yeah? would probably be Euron Greyjoy, who like always wears black. That would make sense. Yeah, in the back we've got the mountains, Cersei and Kyburn, and then in the front you're thinking it's the leader of the Golden Company and Euron? Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Wow, we are we are pulling a lot out of these scenes. Just get all the bonfires lit. That's yeah. a cool motif. Joffrey it, had that installed. Now, this is my favorite scene. This is this is there's so much going on in Cersei's face in this one scene where she's well, just one, she's drinking wine. She's, she's, got, got, her she's got her wine. wine. Yeah. I like she's not that. she's not preggers then? Can we pull that? Well, it it was a different time. That that look is just like... Well, didn't she refuse to drink wine when Tyrion poured her a glass uh, in the last episode? Mm -hmm. That's how he figured it out. But I think, like, my theory on that is, well... She's bullshitting? She's She's bullshitting him because she wants him to feel bad and feel like to come back to the Lannister side. Oh, that's my theory as well. Cersei, use a power move? You're kidding me. Yeah, so I think she's manipulated him. Mm -hmm. I think that explains his creepy standing outside of the bedroom on the boat scene <laughs> and, like that was his final shot yeah, yeah. in that like they made some sort of pact mm-hmm. um, based on the fact that Cersei is quote unquote having a child because oh, she knows how to manipulate him and she, she knows well, and that he cares about he, Jamie yeah, and, and the he feels kids. very guilty about what he's done to the family yeah that scene though, just with Cersei, they're drinking the wine. Don't you? Doesn't it just feel like all hell is breaking loose, and she's still playing games? Well, that scene oh, sure. feels yes. like to me. It looks like I, like I wonder if that is the scene that's like moments before she gets killed. Yeah. Oh, maybe she's when just, she she's just taking one final fine. sip of yeah. wine, yeah. Yeah. Well, and then she's gonna get oh, she's gonna man. get done. Oh. By her she, brother. She looks so smug. Like, she was very worried a lot of times in the last season. Yeah. And every scene we see of her in this uh, trailer, she just is looking totally calm. She's quite pleased with herself. She, Everything's going according to plan. She right now is, like, one of my, maybe my favorite character. Because it's like the battle lines have been drawn in the show. You know what's good and what's evil. Mm-hmm. Except for her. Yeah. She's, what? like, the well, only one I'm that's still. She's the most now, evil, though. though. She's so evil. She's like the most evil human person left. She's the biggest villain of the whole show mm-hmm. since King. episode one. The White Walkers are the evil. Ah, uh, well, you don't know yeah. what the. Or maybe they're just a force What's of nature. What's their motivation? What is the White Walkers' motivation? Right. What if the White? What if the Night King is Bran? No, oh my God! <laughs> Next, save scene. the realm from Cersei and Jaime's fourth and final bastard. Maybe, oh maybe they they walk up at Winterfell and be like. All right, guys, we got to kill this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, I still i am going to go on the theory that Jamie realizes that he has to take out his own sister. Yeah, and I think yeah. that, I that would be a great moment. I yeah. think that could be the scene, is that yeah. Jamie's there. That's oh, them reuniting, man, and so he's great. got his sword out, and he's about to... But that's that's the whole thing, like the prophecy that she got told, right? It was, mm-hmm. it was um, you know, all your kids are going to die before you, blah, 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 and your younger brother is going to kill you or betray you. Mm. And she's always hated Tyrion because she's always assumed that Tyrion, Tyrion is your younger brother. Yeah. But they go on in the books and the TV all the time, uh, 
Cersei is the older twin. Mm-hmm. So yep. Jamie is technically the younger the brother. Younger brother. Yeah. Damn. So I think that's going to be... What a lineup. I love that. Are we going to review the actual episodes scene by scene like this, too? I hope mm-hmm. we do. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. the three-hour episodes. We can do it at Brian's house. The extra-long episodes of Game of Thrones become extra-long review podcasts. All right, next scene, Dragon's Eye View. Some great dragon CGI here. Great dragon. Great, 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 great. Oh, that's a drone shot. That's a drone shot. Great shots. Good, good, good. Thanks, Paul. That's great. Look, more reaction. Why is Arya the only one who seems to see the dragon now? Oh, actually, no. That guy in the background sees the dragon, too. But that woman is like, my bread! And she's... (laughs) Arya's the only one smiling. Yeah, she's stoked. It's great. Great warming. Buff. Oh, man. Great warming. Oh, this I thought was great. We got John standing in front of the heart tree. That is nice. The hound is there. Ooh, the hound. I wonder if that's like right before Clegane Bowl. Good hound scowl. I hope so. <laughs> there's Jamie being like, oh, I'm going to kill you. Sister. <laughs> what the heck? Yeah. Oh, there's Jon Snow doing a run at something. Lots of horse battle. Okay, who do you think that the dragons set on fire here? Yeah, we've got oh, a scene. Oh, I think they were just feeding. Danny oh, and John. So? This is just them about to mount each dragon. Yes. They're walking oh. towards and two riders. John Snow's going to ride a dragon. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Why not? So. Danny and John are walking toward two dragons, uh, the two dragons, and there's just this field of bones of et meat and uh, yummy dragons. Ooh, can I tell you my theory about the dragons? So this is not just my theory. This is a thing that people have been positing for a really long time about Bran, right? Bran, uh, he goes to uh, the Three-Eyed Raven, and he's like, are you going to tell me how to walk again? And he's like, no, but you will fly, right? And this, And there was this whole thing of Bran's going to ride the dragon. But I still think that Bran... He's going to ride the dragon or ward? He's going to ward into the dragon. But he's going to, because they have um, Viserion or whatever is this weird like ice dragon now. So he's going to, they're going to come and try to attack and Bran's just going to warg into him. Oh, and then it'd be fine. Man. He's going to be like the ice oh. dragon. But that kind of is like a magic showdown who's more powerful, the Night King or Bran. Absolutely, like, that's what it is. Yeah, but didn't the control. Night King just turn Viserion into this like crazy evil dragon? Yeah. He hasn't like warged into it. Well, it's funny like how that magic works, right? Is like is is the Night King's magic kind of similar and connected to warging? We know it's not really kind of laid out how that works, Wait, but I mean, he pretty much controls. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. sort of like a battlefield exactly. commander. He can he does his one scream and they all march. Exactly. Yeah. So that is interesting. Also, but I think neat. that dragon's not going to be a big deal. Like everyone's making it like this dragon. Oh god. But if Bran were to warg into that thing, that would be amazing. So maybe that, that ice dragon's only purpose was to knock down the wall. Yeah, pretty much. And then as, yeah. but that's okay because that's, that's a pretty good purpose for a, yeah. a dragon. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Tim. I think we're going to see dragons fighting in the sky. Oh, fighting dragons! CG dragon fights. Worth noting as well that the other dragon that Danny never rides is named after John's dad. Yeah, Rhaegar. Yeah, Rhaegar. Rhaegar. Yeah, that's that's Rhaegar, right too. Yeah. Uh, next scene, very pensive look from Sansa. Oh. <laughs> and who we got? Who, who's that's Arya. That's Arya. Yeah. Some spinny things. Things are on fire. Another pensive look from uh, Danny. Another pensive look from Tyrion. He's still got the hand look of the, from the dragon. No, wait. There are people on Twitter thinking that that Tyrion looking up and then the dragon. That was Tyrion getting his from the dragon, but uh, I don't think so. Yeah. That's no, like, no. One of them is at night, and one yeah, of them is absolutely. Yeah. Tyrion's in Tyrion's in daylight. The dragon. He's not. No, that's that's. He, just I think he's just things. maybe seeing John and Danny ride two dragons together at the same time. Maybe, maybe, or maybe time. on the same dragon at once. Yeah. yeah. So we got some dragon fire. 
They can't kill off the dwarf either. He's going to live. I think this uh, is my Game favorite. Right Nobody here is when yeah. you see everybody just gearing up for a big ass battle. Yeah, all the troops are lined up. We got Podrick and uh, and Brienne up front. I read a great article this week saying too that um, this season was a nightmare to film. Like all the actors were like, "I'm so thankful for what this movie has done for me," but they're also just like, "This season was done hell." Yeah. Oh, I can all these night and, uh, shoots. This night shoot, especially, yeah, this was like a week long night Ugh. shoot just for this one nighttime battle. Yeah, that would was be amazing. particularly grueling. Gross. That this might be your uh, um, episode long battle here, Kirsten. Mm-hmm. And didn't it take like six weeks to shoot? That's what I heard. The one long battle scene took like six weeks oof. to shoot. Oh, that would wow. be, oof. and it's the longest battle scene ever put to tape. Wow. Yeah, pensive Jorah, and then the uh, the big ending scene is where you've got they're all in the background, and in the foreground steps the two front uh, hooves of the. Uh, I think this is like well, going to be almost horse. one of the first shots of the of the first episode, huh. because the the wall comes down, uh, everyone's gone back to I'm assuming this is Winterfell in the background, um, and they've all lined up, they're ready for the battle, and they're they're meeting. Like I feel like that is going to be within the first 15 minutes of the first episode. Oof. Because they got to make hey? it. Yeah, I think so. Interesting that the Night King makes no appearance in this. That is interesting. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I wonder what that's about. It's by design, I would think. Hmm. Well, we just spent uh, 20 minutes analyzing a uh, two-minute trailer. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Which actually, we've, so we've analyzed good. a minute 40 seconds of content. Hilarious. Um I'll make a time for it. I'll carve out some time to watch this show. That's better would than you, most. Would you do that? Well, yeah. yeah. That's this better than most movies, sold me. Yeah. by the way. Oh, That two-minute trailer right there. Yeah, absolutely. Right? So hype. Yeah, this is going to be amazing. April 14th, Season 8, Game of Thrones. Begin the long series of movie-length television shows to wrap up this crazy show. Who does have the best dark contrast on their TV, though? Because I really I wish to watch it all together. I love how you sent this out in an email and nobody answered you. <laughs> Because yeah, nobody wants you to coming house. to their house and taking over yeah. their remote. You just can't I'm have good. a remote. Whatever else you Quick fingers. Do. I'm good at remoting. <laughs> and there's no commercials to fast forward on HBO. So, we're good. so just let me hold so the remote. Get just, oh, just give them let the boy I'm, hold your remote. Take the batteries out. If you come to my house, I'm going to give you a remote <laughs> that has no batteries that's in fine. it. That's fine. I'm like a child. Give them the same remote that you give for the kids to play with. Yeah, that's like a Fisher Price. Wow. Playroom. All right, um, so we don't want to be spending too, too much time on this first half of the podcast before we go and see Captain Marvel. It's so exciting! Um, But do we want to talk about any of these other things that we have uh, jotted down on this piece of paper? If we don't talk about the tick, I'm talking about the tick next week. I mean, there's there's nothing really to talk about with the tick, but the the tick is coming back for season two, and I'm very excited because I love the tick. I've loved the tick through all its its iterations, the uh, comic cartoon, the... uh, TV show with uh, Patrick Warburton and this new one with Peter uh, Serafinowicz. Um, great show, just very silly times, uh, and season two is coming out April 5th, so I'm excited about that. That's all there is to say on that. Can I just say, I wasn't going to bring, I didn't even email it uh, in our little prep uh, email thread, just because I thought, oh, it's kind of a non-story right now, but then I sent you guys that email this afternoon, because <laughs> um, I, I had heard last, or earlier this week, or maybe last week, that Will Smith 
Hemsworth was out as Deadshot in a Suicide Squad right. soft reboot. Mm-hmm. But it looks, and I thought, oh, well, then they're just not going to have Deadshot. Well, it looks like they're still going to have Deadshot, but it's going to be Idris Elba. Yeah. So I guess he's that's out for James cool. Bond then. Maybe. Oh, that's right, too. Huge, huge right. campaign trying to make him the next Bond. Yeah. Daniel Craig's got one more in him, though. He's got one more, yeah. Um, I'll say, too, then, real quick, uh, that both those trailers that we uh, were maybe going to talk about just have done a great job of selling me on these two movies that I was pretty unsure of. I know um, Art, was it you were stoked about Shazam? Yeah, I think it looks a lot like a lot of fun. This new trailer that came out for it, and maybe this will all be in show notes, did a great job of showing me like this is going to be a really, really fun superhero movie, like almost a love letter to superhero movies. The yeah. effects look great. The scenes look really good. It's kind of all the shots I want when I'm watching a Superman movie. I want it to seem really cool that he can do all these things that the last bunch of Superman movies did not do for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Hellboy too, which I think I don't think I'm alone in this, but that did a really great job. This new Red Band trailer of selling this movie in a way that the the first trailer kind of didn't. Yeah, mm-hmm. and a lot of people have been down on David Harbor as the new as the new Hellboy, but I, you know what, I want to give him a chance. I mean, he's, he's great. got some big horns to fill. Oh, from oh, from, from Ron Perlman. Yeah, nobody could ever probably be a better uh, Hellboy than, no. than Ron no. Perlman was. No. Incredible. No. But I, I don't know. I think David Harbor's doing a respectable job in the bits that I've seen. And uh, yeah, again, great, uh, great smoke on the water reinterpretation. Or sorry, mm-hmm. yeah, smoke on the water. It was Moni Moni before. Um, there did, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of enjoying because I'm sort of done with. I think you said this recently, Paul. I'm sort of done with the pop music in in the trailers, but done. the way they're doing these, like there is some re-recording, reorchestration. They're making it big and epic, but, and mm-hmm. it is sticking with me. And, and I'm Hellboy, really though, enjoying it. Hellboy though does have a reason. It's kind of like the awesome mix volume one, like the reason why they can use tunes like that in Guardians of the Galaxy. It's like Hellboy. That's was his connection right to the world is oh, really? music, and he was super into music and um, popular culture. So it makes sense. That there's at least a logical tie-in Yeah, for there's these a logical movies. tie-in. It's not just like... Where Suicide Squad was just aping Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. So. Right. Yeah. Um, I'll say, because usually I'm the opposite. Usually I like a character over, like, Flash or uh, effects and whatever, but in, in this case with Hellboy... Um, is like I don't really know. I'm not super duper familiar with the Ron Perlman version of it. I never watched those, but um, what I know, I know. But in this one, it seems like mm. whether or not you, you know, prefer this actor and his characterization of the character, um, the wide world around it, and the effects and the like set pieces that they showcase in this latest trailer are unbelievable. That's what really sold me on this. Yeah, it's looking pretty great. Please it's a go spectacle. watch Hellboy. We're gonna stop this pod. And you're going to watch Hellboy, and then we're going to go see Captain Marvel. <laughs> yeah, because you haven't seen... Uh, wait, yeah. wait. Are, you haven't seen Hellboy? I think I saw, like, most of Hellboy 2. <laughs> what? Uh, I've yeah. only seen the first what Hellboy, place and I loved have? it. Uh, yeah, Seth MacFarlane is the voice of a smoke robot in it or something, right? What? I no, not, no. That's not ringing any bells to me. Look it up! Look it up! Okay, okay, look you guys up. talk about look something else. I'm going to look he's this a smoky, up. He's a smoky robot. <laughs> I'm just saying, yeah. Look it up. Come to my seminar at the Sandman. Oh, <laughs> I would watch, if I were you, I'd watch the first couple of Hellboys that were done by Guillermo del Toro, because they are absolute works They're of art. They're art yeah. pieces. Yeah, yeah the first one's really good. I didn't and I, and I, I don't know. I don't want to compare the two and stuff, but uh, that's uh, that's kind of why this hasn't... I, and I saw the latest trailer. Trailer, but I don't know if it's gotten me in the theaters yet. Just okay. Yet. All right. So, we'll see. I yeah. think Shazam has maybe gotten me in the theater. 
Okay. Shazam had me from like the early trailers. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm in for Shazam. Like just not only as a lifelong like childhood fan of the cheesy '70s show, but yeah, the way they presented this one, it looks great. Also, I love Mark Strong, who I last saw as um, uh, Merlin in Kingsman. Great role, nice sort of um, calm, like friendly, good guy role as the bad guy in yeah. Shazam. Looking, yeah, looking great. There's also some heavy rumors that uh, Henry Cavill makes his last Superman appearance. And- there was, uh, yeah, there were rumors about that. I don't think he don't is. Think so. no. Yeah, the, apparently they were trying to line him up for a post-credit scene or something, mm-hmm. but it was the same, um, same issue they were having in terms of scheduling with Mission Impossible. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think uh, he's in this. It'll speaking be like of, the last hurrah for the. Yeah. Speaking of cameos, was it is it confirmed that Captain Marvel is Stan Lee's last cameo? Because they recorded a bunch before he passed away, and I, I have a feeling that it's confirmed that this is his last. I haven't heard that. One. I haven't heard that or read that one way or another. It would make sense because I think it might be kind of a little much to keep doing this afterwards because you don't know how many is going to be in afterwards. Hang on a second, everybody. Bud, if you're in the building, could you come to reception, please? Bud, could you come to reception, please? Okay, apparently that's me. Um, so, uh, but we did hear, the, there's this other video that uh, Art passed around, uh, an interview with Kevin Feige, which apparently will have a very Stan Lee-centric um, Marvel tribute logo to open up Captain Marvel. We'll oh. find out tonight! Let's oh go! Let's go now! How lucky are we? We got Captain Marvel, we got Game of Thrones, we got Endgame coming up. It's this is Hellboy, I know. Truly blessed. Like, truly, you truly know blessed. What? Fuck you, it's March. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck who? My wallet? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go in the opposite. It's March. Fuck yeah. your wallet, it's March. Anything else we want to talk about before we cut this first half of the pod off? Let's go to the movie. Let's go to the movie. Right, let's all We're go to the, to the movie. Movies. Can I get a ride, please, with somebody? <laughs> we'll arrange that off the air. Right, okay. Thank all right. you, Thanks, everyone. We'll talk to you after yeah. we see Captain Marvel. Bye! What an incredible thing that just happened. We recorded half a podcast. We went and all saw a movie together. And now we are back recording more of a podcast. What a movie. That was neat. Ladies and gentlemen. Wow. We we went and saw the, I guess technically it was the day before the premiere because we're recording this on March 8th and we saw it on March 7th, the uh, premiere of Captain Marvel. And boy, do we ever have... Thoughts. thoughts. Lots of thoughts. <laughs> Lots That's of a, thoughts. I don't know if, if if anybody's been listening that far. I don't even know if it's actually in any of the recordings. But anytime we watch a new trailer or a new movie, uh, we go and kind of talk to Art. And then all, all he does is just looks at us with a grin and goes, I have thoughts. And then nods his head. Thoughts. <laughs> I have yeah. another hashtag for Art Aronson. Okay. That's thoughts. Awesome. Um, Brian, I got all the T-shirts. Yeah, <laughs> and all the thoughts. I don't so. see why, because I don't really say things that are that interesting it's, somehow. These, these little idiosyncrasies that we love about you, I think. Right. It's because we love you, Art. All right, I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Brian is probably the 
the nerdiest of us all, I would say, <laughs> okay. when it comes, comes to, to when it comes to this stuff and your 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 back knowledge and, and the, your comic connection and everything. And am I am I watching you flip through three pages of notes about this movie, Brian? Well, technically it would be two, but I left uh, some half pages to oh make notes it's in case you guys have some mind. insight that I didn't think about. Um, wow. But yeah, I was the uh, I was contemplating. I didn't have enough time. Because um, we had to drop off uh, my wife and my youngest kid. Bless you, Kirsten. Uh, we had to drop off my wife and my youngest kid um, to uh, you know to the house before we can make our way over to the movie theater. Right, right. But if I had like an extra fifteen minutes as a gag, I was going to dress like Captain America or something. <gasps> Hilarious! And then go into the theater, like a crowded theater, and yell at you guys like, "You all said you would dress up." <laughs> <laughs> But I didn't have time. Amazing. I didn't have time to do that. That would have been amazing. Uh, we're going to start with a spoiler-free review, our, our spoiler-free thoughts on uh, Captain Marvel, and then we're going to bring Mary in, and we are diving freaking deep yeah. into this movie with all of our thoughts. Mm-hmm. So who begins on the spoiler-free section of what they thought of Captain Marvel? Well, I liked it. Cool. I, I understood... Some of the cre- uh, the negativity around it, some of the things like Brie Larson, kind of mixed reviews on her yeah. as the lead character. I thought she was great. I had no problem with her portrayal of Captain Marvel, even though I don't like know a whole lot about Captain Marvel. Right. But I bought her as the big hero, and she had a great she had great moments in this film, as you would expect. Uh, I liked how I liked the story. It kept me enthralled throughout the whole movie. I think that was probably the best part of the movie. I liked uh, some of the twists and turns. Uh, I thought maybe it dragged a little bit at times during the first half, but as soon as it hit the second half and started going, I thought it really found its groove, and uh, I real I, I really enjoyed it. And I and obviously uh, the rest of the characters were great as well. I, I I really enjoyed this film. Two questions for you. Yes. Were you are you comic familiar with Captain Marvel? I would think probably not. No. Okay. Not, not at all. And I understand that she's a very powerful character, and I think they did a good job of showing just how powerful she is in this movie. Uh, some of her, some of her powers were like so cosmic that. I, it, there's like no boundaries to her power, right, which right. I could see as maybe a negative to some people watching it because it's like, did you really feel that she was in danger at all? Mm-hmm. It's like having you know, Superman in Justice League, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. and that's that's you know Wonder Woman as well. It's kind of like you know Marvel's Wonder Woman, I guess. So. My other question yeah. for you then was: I know in the early days of the trailer, you you were a little bit doubting on Brie Larson because because in the trailer she wasn't really allowed to show much personality, and you felt her performance rather wooden after seeing the show. Has that has your mind changed on that? I think that yeah, I didn't love the lead up to this movie for some of the marketing because I thought she was a little stone faced. in in there and there was a lot of moments where she wasn't like that in the movie so I wish they would have taken a few of those moments and put it into the marketing makes sense makes sense Kirsten what were your thoughts on the movie yeah I really liked it I thought Brie Larson was amazing um, she she sold me on it I never I never thought that she was going to be wooden or terrible like she's a an academy award winner you know like she's going to have a range and um, I loved it I liked her um, yeah, I have some thoughts on it that I'm mainly, um, I don't, don't want to say too much because I feel like I'm going to spoil something. I'll wait till the spoiler section. 
Um, I'll just, just two two thoughts. I, this thing was a, a love letter to '90s music and '90s references, and I loved all the little, some of them possibly too deliberate, but all of the all the the injections of music. I felt there wasn't enough. Like, oh, I yeah, felt I agree. There could have been more. I, just, I thought this was going to be this movie of '90s nostalgia. Sure, and and then. <sighs> Yeah, there was some. Like, yeah. yes, there was music and some, like, little Easter eggs. But I honestly thought this was going to be, like, a 90s a throwback lot, yeah, movie. Yeah, a lot more 90s-ish. And the other 90s thing that was in it that made me made my sides hurt with suppressed laughter was all the um, slow and bad and awful computer and internet references oh in that movie. Oh my god, yeah, it was so funny. Slayed me as a geek. The, those are, that. you know what, I loved this movie, I loved the epicness of it, I loved her and, and learning the story because I didn't know any of, the, any of this stuff. I don't, I don't follow the comics or the Kree-Scrawl War or any of the, any of the, the details, so all of this was new and exciting uh, to me. But wrapped up in this, in the whole slow loading bars and everything. Oh, just, every time it was a slow loading bar, I thought of you. I was like, just fantastic. <laughs> Brian, let's hear your thoughts. Um, okay, uh, one, definitely worth watching. So if I were to, to rate it on your guys' stupid scale out of 10, <laughs> it would definitely be an 8 out of 10. Whoa, oh. solid 8. Um, a solid 8. Um, I don't think it is the best Marvel movie, but it is a damn decent one yeah. and it was a lot of fun to watch um, again not the best action compared to other Marvel mm-hmm. movies but a pretty decent character story and I think that comes from the directors of this in that the directors are very used to kind of indie films so they're very mm. used to developing characters so they did a I thought they did a, a bit of a better job kind of developing some of the characters and 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 giving us a kind of a different view of an origin story than, than we've seen in a superhero movie. The directors again are? Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck. Yes, ah, yes, I knew course. that the whole time, and Those this guys. was not edited <laughs> no, the way no. uh, it sounds. Good call. Um, so, yeah, so they, it was. I thought that was kind of great in terms of the way they developed the characters. The action was entertaining. It was good. It wasn't the best I've seen in the MCU, but again, it has kind of the downfall of being compared to 21 films. Yeah, and they can't all be in the red line of action, otherwise you're just going to be exhausted coming out of it. You need some character. So, you know, it's not the, that's not what makes uh, it, you know, a good or bad movie. I just thought it was, it was fine, you know? Um, And performances, Mm -hmm. I thought, like, so I thought Brie Larson was good. I didn't think she was the best. I thought Lashana Lynch, Maria Rambo, oh, was incredible. That was a great performance. Uh, and then Ben Mendelsohn was oh, just yeah, phenomenal. He was so good. He's like a surprise, even though it shouldn't be a surprise that he's great, because he's great in everything he does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, I don't want to say he stole the movie, but every time he's on screen, you're like, this guy's awesome. Yeah, and, and so you almost can't get into why he's so good until we get into the spoilery parts, but he's really good. Like, yes. I, I loved him in this. Let's just uh, bird's eye view this for a second. Uh, Lashana Lynch uh, playing Maria Rambo is um, Captain Marvel, or Car- Carol Danvers' best uh, friend. Uh, growing up, it would seem, and uh, Ben Mendelsohn plays uh, Talos, who is a um, 
a scroll. So Paul is just joining us now. He's oh, hi, Paul. Thought, hi, Tim. Before you, before you say anything, we are in the non-spoiler section good. of this. Yeah. Yes, um, good. So we're all kind of giving our, our reviews here. Uh, can great. I just make sure that I didn't miss anything? Um, one of the things, and I'll get a little bit more into this in the spoilery section. Yes, this is very organized notes. I know you're probably looking at me like, Brian, such a fucking loser. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that yesterday when I saw handwritten notes from you, but yeah. this is like a spreadsheet and two different columns. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should see my graphs later. Oh, um, <laughs> uh, so one of the things I will get into a little bit more in the spoilery section was uh, was one of my gripes with the movie is that, you know, some of the marketed MCU characters that we were hearing were going to, you know, come back and kind of join this thing. Um, I don't think they were utilized as effectively as I really would have wanted them to be. Examples? Um, Whoa, that's I, 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 yeah, I'll get into the oh, okay, examples sure, sure, in the yeah. spoilery section. Fair but enough. I just I don't want somebody going into the movie hoping that they're going to see this uh, right. MCU character kind of you know appear and be like, oh, this person's going to be like the whole movie because <clears throat> you know you're going to be sorely disappointed. Yeah, it doesn't affect what I feel about the movie because I still love the movie yeah. but I, yeah it's, it's just one thing that you could possibly get uh, you know disappointed in and again like I was talking about with regards to the way they did this superhero origin like felt like Nolan's memento right mm. in that, in that it's, you're sort of her arc is not so much figuring out uh, or changing something about herself it's more learning about herself to Kind of realize. Yeah, it was kind I'm of awesome, a neat way. You know? Kind of a neat way how they used flashbacks and everything to create an origin story. Yeah, yeah. and in this, I think it's a great little message too about with, with this because she doesn't have to. It doesn't mean that in the end she's better. She was always this badass character. Mm-hmm. It's more just about learning why she is the way she is. Yeah, it was an know? atypical origin story as those go. Mm-hmm. So I just thought, yeah, the structure was great. Polly, can we have your non-spoiler thoughts on Captain Marvel? Yeah, sorry, and again, sorry I'm late, and so sorry if I'm going over things people have already said. But my thoughts that I was having while I was in the shower, right when we were supposed to be starting this podcast, <laughs> was um, <laughs> that's where I do all my best uh, collecting of thoughts. Um, was I was thinking about how I would uh, compare this. Uh, to Wonder Woman, and I know it's not a comparison or one being better than the other, but uh, this I thought was a really great. What they did was um, give you a character and a female character, and to me, like the like the strong female themes and uh, tones were very very strong and very important through the whole movie. Um, and so they give you this character that you know isn't just a queen with, born with these superpowers and bred to be awesome all the time always but rather it was like really perfectly crafted you have this character who is like you know from a little kid and they show it through those flashbacks that we've seen in the trailers just a badass and who is determined and chooses a path always to push herself and to uh, do better and to do strong and amazing things and i thought that was really cool rather and that's really i thought relatable to people seeing it again as opposed to Wonder Woman or Thor or any of those like just born with it and bred for it and maybe it's Maybelline um, type of uh, <laughs> traits <laughs> wow um, she's just like she is that on a human level makes it ultra relatable and then through the story that's how we see then she becomes the most powerful superhero of all time and I think this is this succeeds in a way that like 
Superman movies haven't really done um, to you know like a lot of superhero movies that give you this godlike character but then wink at you the whole time and are like no but they're just like you grew up on a farm see <laughs> right it's like love this person love love uh, feel a connection to them this one succeeds in the way that others uh, absolutely have not and uh, especially uh, you know it's like I thought it was an interesting comparison to Wonder Woman and I hope it's as successful and uh, does as much for uh, representation as Wonder Woman did or more you know I hope more um, young women especially but little, little kids everywhere kind of see themselves I saw myself you know what I mean like doing bad at baseball and then getting up and trying again <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm bad at baseball still to this Shut day but I was as a kid as well but even as you say there was a, there was a great kid role model in there you know yeah. I, I love thought, that I thought yeah. Brie Larson was way better than Gal Gadot did you? Oh yeah, okay. miles better. Well, and I also love how you pick up on the Superman thing because that's that's just the thing, right? That is Superman's flaw in Justice League and all the other Superman movies is that you can't relate to him. But yeah. this person is arguably the strongest superhero in the MCU in in the Marvel universe. Yet you can so relate to this person. Mm-hmm. Yes. So yeah, totally. I thought um, the uh, and I don't think it's a spoiler because it's again it's very prominent in the trailers. But like the amnesia thing and I don't know who I am and all this bit of a trope and maybe it falls into like some pitfally places like that uh, where it's like oh uh, you know very generic superhero-y type stuff. Um, but I thought all in service of a greater thing, which is um, Carol's story and making it like. Sus- synced enough so you put this entire backstory you set her up for Avengers perfectly you know in this one story you get what she's all about I know alright we'll fight oh about this in the spoiler place oh boy but um, yeah I, I, I thought it was uh, all in service of a, of a great um, overall thing I was really happy with it last night and I've been thinking about it obviously through the night and into the shower this morning it's a, <laughs> it's a solid Marvel flick yeah. And I think mm-hmm. that, and they know how to create a superhero movie, and they did it again, and we shouldn't be surprised at that. But <laughs> well, I guess we're going to get into. Should I, we get into yeah, the spoilers? I, I think yeah. Does anybody? Else, I think we're we're probably going to head into spoiler territory right now. Shh, yeah, Mary. Hello, everyone. This is a spoiler alert. Thank you. Okay, we're going to double warn you. We are talking about plot points in this movie. We all saw it last night. It is very fresh in our minds. If you are still listening and you have not seen the movie and you don't want to be spoiled, get out! You know what I've done, too? Uh, Darren, who's in the next room, oh yes, he shares a very thin wall. Yeah, He's seeing yeah. it tomorrow. Yeah. So I told him, while we're in here for the next uh, little bit, you have to wear headphones yeah, and turn yeah. the music loud. Because, I mean, there's a wall, but we also yell. Yeah. Okay. Let's start at the beginning. Can we talk about the Marvel uh, Stanley tribute? Oh, oh my goodness! Yeah. Like I yeah. knew this was coming, but oh, it was so you, great. You know what, Kirsten? I am exactly like your husband. I fucking hate <laughs> when people clap in movie theaters. But before anybody started clapping, I was like, I want to clap. Yeah, <laughs> yeah clap. absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> That's what I said. I hate it. it too, but I was yeah. like, this seems like an appropriate moment. Like, <laughs> like, I might have put my popcorn down to clap. That yeah. person is not here. He hates it. Oh, that and man. when when the plane lands. Yeah. You fucking can't stand I it. I know. I know. That is lame. But pilots uh, do should get applause more than most people who get applause. I wish people would just applaud me for doing my job. Like, yeah. Good job. They might. Yeah. You don't know. <laughs> you never know. 
Yeah, that was a fantastic opening. Just all the little bits of Stanley. Stanley and and big... Do you think that they're going to do that for Endgame, or you think that's a one-off? I thought they were waiting to do that for mm, Endgame. I think it's a one-off myself. Yeah. I think they might, like for Endgame, I there might they be that shot of Robert Downey Jr. and Stanley, the one where they're not oh. in character. Oh, I, think, yeah. I think that, like, one of those, I think, will survive into mm. the Marvel um, beginning, but it was really nice to see. Um, My personal speculation is that Endgame will be uh, that they will bring back one more cameo for Endgame and then that'll be it. Mm. That's my that's my personal speculation Could on be. that. Because um, I don't think Stan is usually in that Marvel no, Oh, no, certainly not. Right? Nope, no, definitely okay. not. So, yeah, this one was incredible. Uh, and then I think, yeah, you're right, probably he'll get a really prominent one in all the rest going forward. Yeah. Where do we want to start, guys, in the spoilers? Art, why don't you start? Well, Go just... right to the end. Right to <laughs> yeah, the end. end. Okay, well, well, hang on. Anyway. So there's simmer, this simmer for a minute. Simmer for a minute, because I want to say um, <laughs> one thing I'll say about this movie before we dive right to the very end, because Art was sitting contently beside me the entire movie. He had a few comments now and then, little commenty things Quips. he wanted to say. Quips. Thoughts. I tried my best to ignore. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's funny. I was sitting, with, I think, between the two chattiest people, between Art and his quips, and Bud, who makes a lot of noise when he's watching movies. Like he, he really oh, is so, like, like oh, 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 like if something happens, like oh, yeah, mm, he gets like, so excited. Yeah, Are you not, not kidding? Do I really do that? that? Yes. Yeah, did oh, you not shoot. know? It's so wonderful. I know I've done it a, like it's a couple so times. Did I, I really? Yeah, oh, yes. I was. Uh, oh my God, I went I'm out with so Tyson sorry. after, and Tyson was like, "Bud's so funny when he watches movies. What? So many noises." Like just of excitement, like of glee. Yeah, it's glee. I felt really bad, actually, because like an explosion would happen, right? Like a pretty standard, we're watching a movie, explosion, and uh, and I'd be sitting there like, "Eh, explosion. (laughs) (laughs) When I'm shoving popcorn in my mouth, "Eh, I've seen one million explosions. Who cares? And Bud's over there like, oh. It like so sorry. made the movie better for me and made me feel bad about it's myself like at once. seeing a movie through the, like childlike wonder yeah. of Bud, like know. getting so excited. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay, so sorry. What I was trying to say there was let's save arts because art was quiet through the movie until the end scene. <laughs> the and when he made a scene and during the credits. Yeah. Like, have you been sipping on whiskey this whole time? Oh and now you think yeah. this is an appropriate time to yell? It was like, it was a scene, man. It was a scene. So anyway, we'll get to you. Art, Art looks like he is suppressing so much right now. It's incredible. <laughs> the thing, the spoilery thing I'll say about this movie is, man, these twists were effective. I was wondering about you, Brian, because you mm-hmm. know more about the backstory and whatever and who these characters are in the scrolls and whatever. But for me, who went in kind of a little bit dark, I was so impressed with like the way, and I've been chirping the marketing of this movie all along, but mm-hmm. the way the marketing doled out information to me to lead me into the theater thinking one thing so that the movie could spin me around in another way. Exactly. Well, Those were so And that's the thing, too. Is that, there was I, a lot of them, too. I know about the Kree scroll war. Uh, I knew kind of that. I know especially that the Kree are typically they're bad people, right. but the way they, they formed, uh, you know, Star Force at the beginning... Um, and then the way they made, like, obviously also casting Ben Mendelsohn mm-hmm. as, you know, as the key scroll. Then you're just thinking, oh, well, okay, they're showing these guys as a bunch of bad guys. Director Krennic, here he comes. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but then, yeah, it's like the way they kind of twist and turn that is great. So as a comic fan, did you not see this coming? Did I, you not realize how it was going to play out? I knew 
pretty well how it was going to play out, but I was so enthralled in the beginning thinking like just the way they sold uh, the Skrulls, you kind of forget that. That is awesome. Kind of I love that, yeah. that because for ignoramuses like me, and, and I guess like Paul who came in not knowing anything about that, yeah, that was like set up and then boom, like yeah. they just got well, me with that Because I was even thinking about like, uh, I have a big note here in terms of how I both loved and hated the Fury, Nick Fury eye thing. Mm, mm-hmm. Sure. Um, <laughs> part of me was in the, like on the way home, I was thinking about, man, if Ben Mendelsohn could have just been the person to like take out his eye, that would have been fucking awesome but then I was like wait a minute no well because then he turns in no Ben Mendelsohn's a good guy he's a good guy so no he wouldn't do that no, I felt like uh, for me, like at the beginning, uh, what, what's that character's name that was like a throwback to Guardians of the Galaxy? What's oh, his name? Korath. Korath. Yeah. So uh, at the beginning of the movie, you see Korath. He's um, a Cree. He shows up. Everyone's like, "Whoa!" Korath. Art turns to me, Speaky McSpeakerson of the movie over yeah. here. Oh, is that guy? Guardians of the Galaxy. And I was like, what guy? And what did you say, Art? I said it's like the very first scene of the first Guardians of the Galaxy where he's talking to uh, Chris Pratt's character and he's like, and he's like, I'm Star-Lord. Who? Yeah. yeah. But he yeah, said all of that to me during the movie. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, it wasn't just like, the, the Star-Lord guy. Anyway. The second he, the second, it was okay. You fed me lots of great info. Um, <laughs> um, but the second I saw him, I was like, but that dude's a bad guy. And then Jude yeah. Law shows up with his weird fucked up yellow eyes. Fuck his <laughs> eyes. And and I'm like, well, these are the bad guys. And so, like, I don't know. Just because I guess I knew that, yeah. like, that kind of, I was like, well, these are the bad guys you're hanging out with. And I think this is where my, my okay, so I have a pros and a cons list here. One of my cons is that, like, the it, one, it, it falls short of piecing in some of the elements of the greater MCU. Mm-hmm. So they had this chance to one, I think that my biggest trope with it is that it, is that the right thing? Gripe. No, my biggest gripe, sorry. Yeah. My biggest gripe with it is that it had a chance to enhance the scenes with Star Force. Yes. With, and, and, and further explore the relationship with the team. Because they did one scene in the beginning where they're kind of joking around together. Korath did have his comedic moment, um, but he, like he's all stone faced. He's like, "I'm laughing on the inside," right? And which was which was funny. They had a chance to also explore each team member's abilities, but they didn't do that. No, right? And one, it would have made me like Korath that much more as a member of Star Force and start to think maybe he just went wrong somewhere down the road. Right, and they they kind of had a little bit of a scene where he was uh, wanting to help Ronan the Accuser, but then he kind of got shut yeah. down by Jude Law. Do yeah. you think it's something they had an opportunity to spin to spin off, and then Maybe, didn't use? Yeah, it just seemed like they have this overall story arc for Carol Danvers, mm-hmm. and then Kevin Feige comes in and was like, "Okay, what we also need to do." In your story, which is great, we need to put this guy in, we need to put this guy in, we need to put this guy and then, in. Like, but I was... we need to keep them at a bit of an arm's length so that their characters are not completely affected so that they can still show up in Guardians of the Galaxy. And- well, yeah. But not only that, too, but I think that 
they really were focusing on not making it too crowded because it really, really had to be Carol's story. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, exactly. It, that, they would have got criticism if it was just like, oh, we wait all this time for a female movie and then you you crowd in a bunch of like teamwork nonsense yeah. as well. Like, they kind of rode that this line. This delicate with, balancing act. Totally. Right? Yeah. And I, mm-hmm. that's why I think this movie did well. Is like they completely shielded themselves for the, from those types of shielded. From those types of criticisms, maybe at the um, detriment or at the expense of building more university. But I think that's why that was my biggest gripe. The Star Force thing is because um, if they had spent a little bit more time with developing Star Force and actually making these characters a lot more badass, mm-hmm. it would have made that final fight scene, the no doubt fight scene, mm-hmm. a lot more dangerous and a lot more, there's a lot That's more stakes I agree. There. I, yep. think, I yeah. think like the movie, for me, it felt like the first half, I was really into it and really excited and then like the twist comes where you find out, um, you know, that it, it's the skull, the scrolls, not the Kree that mm-hmm. are bad um, or vice versa and, and it just, it came so hard and fast that I didn't like... I don't know. It just, it all happened so fast and, and the movie changed gears. And I felt like we needed to spend, yeah, a little bit more time with Star Force or something mm-hmm. to build that up. Can I say what it did really well with these villains is uh, something that is like a, a really great correction for Marvel and for superhero movies in general is that it made them more interesting and nuanced. Okay. Like you have these, it was a twist of like, oh, the scrolls were the good guys, but. The scrolls that Mendelssohn was still, and he even has a line where his like his hands are super bloody. Like he is a very flawed character. Like he's mm-hmm. not. We're getting away from just like this is the bad guy who is bad, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's like no, no. These people. It's like if we're supposed to believe that these people have been at war for centuries and whatever, and that they're complicated and uh, fully formed and fleshed out societies and races and planets and cultures that are fighting with each other, then this is a smart thing that Marvel has done is like by making them more um, complicated in that way. So like the Kree have good elements and bad, bad elements. So yeah, and, and so do the Skrulls. You know, yeah, and so do the Skrulls. And the Skrulls are like ugly green aliens, but Okay, but also only some of them? What, why were only some of them ugly green aliens? Why did Jude Law get to be Jude Law? Oh, he sorry, no, I'm talking about the Kree. But, yeah. but still. Right. Oh, so for, that, for the we'll Kree, there's some pink skin Kree, and there's all these different types of Kree, right? <laughs> okay. so it's I, was like, just, I thought Jude Law didn't want to spend five hours in a makeup chair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just, just puts in the contacts <laughs> yeah, and has done like, with it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I think that's really a neat thing in this movie, and we might see it going forward. Is it? It's more realistic, and it's more... Like I say, nuance, and that's better versus the dichotomy of like just good punching just evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, you have Carol Danvers and Captain Marvel, who's this like good, 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 and she can still punch, and they're still villains. Ronan was a great kind of, he shows up at the end, and we know he's evil. And Why did they have to you know, make him young? We, we know that there are like evil people in this universe who do evil things and then get in charge and are evil. But it's kind of like in Star Wars, you know how like the Emperor is evil? And so evil evils are evil. So so every single trooper and person has to also be totally insane and evil. Mm-hmm. Like that's not very realistic, you know. Yeah, it's and like, then they put Finn in the movie and he's not evil. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's the one stormtrooper who thinks maybe this is not a good thing to yes, do. Yes, only only one. I know. So <laughs> so it's like there can be evil people at the top and then nuancedly evil people down and that move this movie did that well. 
I just want to talk about the performances one more time. And we talked about Brie Larson. Was it you, Brian, that said that maybe you didn't think he, she was the best part of the movie? She wasn't the best. I didn't think she was bad. I thought she was pretty good. I just yeah. th- I thought there were people that were better. Oh. She, I thought that like as the movie went along, and this is why I think the story is maybe the best part about this movie. Uh, she became more human as the story went on. And that's mm-hmm. by design because yep. she's trying to remember what she is. And I think... As she became more human, she became more relatable, and you liked her more as a character and her acting as well, Mm -hmm. I think. And that's what I say. I also said this is like Nick Fury's best movie. He's friggin' fantastic. Yeah. Uh, And I love that he's like a less jaded version of Nick Fury. Mm. That was so amazing to see. This is the young and, you know, bubbly, wide-eyed Nick Fury of, oh, I don't know how we've dealt with this before. And anytime you see Sam Jackson on screen, it's a treat. Yeah. And really, he brought that character. That that was the best version of Nick Fury that we're going to get. It's great because, and this is what makes me also, because I always tout Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a good show. This is what makes me love Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because you have all these S.H.I.E.L.D. agents that are lower level. And you see when Nick Fury gives his badge, he's level three, right? He's pretty low by by Winter That's Soldier. That's right, too. Yeah. Like, oh, so yeah. So by Winter Soldier, you see in the elevator that he's like level eight or nine yeah. in S.H.I.E.L.D. So, like, I think the higher up that he goes in the chain, the more of a badass, you know, hardened um, agent he's become. Yeah. But right now, he's just lowly level three yeah. agent. You know, doesn't really care that much. He's, he's got both his eyes. This. He's yeah. not that hiding everything anymore. He's yeah. just being himself, so, which is cool. And that's why I love and hate the eye reveal. Like, so because we were joking about it in in one of the pods. We did one joke of the previous about pods. It. We were like, I wonder how he loses his eye. Maybe it's the cat. Maybe the cat scratches him. <laughs> so going into this movie, a lot of people said that the cat stole the show, Goose, which is true. The cat was pretty awesome in this movie, right? Yes. You guys oh, yeah. are all in the cat. Oh, sure. Cat was great. Slash Flurkin. Yeah. Flurkin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I actually had like a moment I said to Kirsten, I was like, what if the cat is like that doctor that they're going after? Oh. He also said this to me during the movie. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. No, but they show, up, they show up in the same Marvel. scene. Marvel. Yeah. But he thought maybe like he, he transformed. Yeah. Oh, just what, in her mind like or whatever. Or something. Yeah. But I guess Skrull don't really go into animals. I don't know. Kristen, can you admit in this? I, I, I heard your gripe in the theater too about how they youngified Ronan and through all that blue makeup. Just didn't but really why? Need to He's do an that. alien. Why do they need to youngify him? I know. And like just I take the black makeup off and youngify Oh, yeah. He was youngified. I just thought that what they just did is they didn't give him the black makeup around the eyes. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know. Maybe nah. that's how I thought get... Colson was a little underutilized okay, C- in this Coulson, movie, too. At the beginning, was he not? 100%. When you first, when you first see Colson, I'm like, whoa, it's Adrian Colson. Apparently, I can tell people by their hair. Really well. <laughs> uh, and then he turned around and I saw his eyebrows. I was like, no. Uh, his eyebrows were overdone. Backing but then up? towards the end of the film, I felt like they'd done a better job. Backing up, Kirsten has a real uncanny valley. Um, uh, Hate on and uh, doesn't like youngification. Doesn't like the Samuel youngification. Samuel Jackson looked great though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, the youngification in this movie is like, oh, they they got to work. They, they yeah. did it really it's well. Awesome. Samuel but Jackson, they, no issue. And the other thing too is like they youngified his body. Did you notice that? Yeah. Like it wasn't like old Samuel L. Jackson mm-hmm. body. No, it's true. Except when he ran, he definitely had like old man running. He did. <laughs> I know, I yeah. Like, and <laughs> and when he when he fought when, with Ben Mendelsohn, you're like you can see like old man and young man's yeah. body trying yeah. to fight. It, it felt like watching a Steven Seagal movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know? No, I was very but, disappointed. I really wanted more Coulson because yeah. I Coulson has such great character. Again, I'm a watcher of the first three four seasons of Agents of Shield myself. Love him. Loved him the first time I saw him in the movie. 
movies, almost cried when he got stabbed through by Loki that first time and uh, was so happy when he came back. But, um, but and that's he, how he is now. He wasn't like that. This is his first day on the job. I that would have been totally unrealistic like, if he was all popping off and yeah. making jokes and being the Coulson from those that time. Sure, but these introductions are the points where you can show more to, to, to eventually lead him to what he would become. But that's so, and that's yeah, the still. thing. That's where I was saying in my non-spoiler part was that, like, I don't want you going into this thing thinking, Agent Coulson's going to be in this, right. and you'll be severely disappointed. Or Yondu. Because, because you're, you're a thing about Yondu. I know. Oh, there's I'm so many things. I'm like, oh, I disappointed Yondu that Yondu, yeah. because I feel like they could have had, like, the tiniest cameo of Yondu and, like, him yelling at the background. Yeah. Like, like he could have he could have been on Hala, yeah. right? Like, he could have been in that subway thing on Hala. Or like the time w- would have worked out too. Yeah. Um, like I, I really sad. But however, um, when they make it to um, Marvel's like planet laboratory, in, yeah, yeah, thank you, laboratory. Um, there's all the trolls. The trolls. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. And I was like, maybe somehow Yondu like gets there and he's foraging for things and he finds those trolls. I don't know. There, there was. All right, you, you get, you're pointing at the time. I really one thing on your Coulson thing. Okay, so Coulson and Ronan, they were one of the, like the other other two people that I was kind of disappointed that we didn't see more. Coulson had one effect on uh, they they all had their one effect on the character. So Coulson's was when he the, the moment when he let them go, yeah. and that was like her discovering. Well, that's kind of what makes you human is even mm-hmm. though you know it's wrong, you'll you'll still do it mm-hmm. or whatever or the other way around. And then Ronan was really just all about bringing an army for Carol Danvers to destroy. He didn't have to be in this. He movie. didn't really no, have to be in this he movie. Didn't. No, it could have yeah, been anybody. It could have yeah. been anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's why I was like, oh man, they kind of wasted, you know, Lee, Lee Pace. Yeah, yeah, they kind of wasted him. Even though they youngified him. I know, yeah. or maybe not. Maybe they just didn't put the black makeup under they his eyes. <laughs> Art food. has to step out to do the newscast, so I want. Yeah. I really want to. Uh, I guess rehear what you yelled in the movie theater during the credits. I yeah. guess. is that what you want to do? Uh, yeah, I do. I got to. I got to get it off my good, chest. Good, good. Here and we then go. You guys can like refute what I say after I leave. Oh no, 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 no! No, you got to be here. Okay, okay, okay. Say no, it. I want to say it to your face. face. Yeah. Okay, so set the, the scene. The first end credit scene hit, and it's friggin' Captain America's fantastic beard. First off. <laughs> No. Wow. Oh, we won't get it. But he still, so wait, he still did have the beard. I was trying to remember. If yeah, he had yes, he did. He did. Yeah. Okay. He had the beard. The beard. And the so swoopy, we, we don't know the mystery yet. Of how Cap's beard's gone? We don't know that yet. Uh, but anyways, it's the Avengers that are left. Dollar after the snap, <laughs> and the Avengers that are left after the snap, and they're trying to figure out this beeper communication thing to Captain Marvel or what what Nick Fury had. They somehow found that in the street, I guess, right? Uh, And for me, I was like, Captain Marvel shows up. Okay, there you go. Huge spoiler, right? Captain Marvel shows up at the end of the the, uh, end credit scene, the first one. This is the most pertinent end credit scene in the history of the MCU. Yeah, it is the not, leading. It's the yeah. leader to Endgame, which we all thought it was going to be, yeah. and it was. It did not uh, did not fall short of that. And I said, as soon as I saw Captain Marvel in that end credit scene, I was like, my worst fears are being realized. You said that, or you yelled it? You yelled theater? it. <laughs> you yelled it in front of a crowded theater. <laughs> now, please explain. Because, and I've been saying it on this podcast, guys. I don't want Captain Marvel to be the hero of Endgame. You want the first guard to be the the original lineup, to be the ones who... And it's not because I don't like Captain Marvel. I just told you how I bought her as a great superhero, maybe the most powerful in the MCU. 
But I think that this endgame is it's it's the end for the first Avengers, and they're the ones that are going to have to figure out how to do this. Yes, Thanos is unbelievable. He's very difficult to beat, but they have enough they have enough power to take him down in the original Avengers. And we just met Captain Marvel. It's like on a first date, right? And all of a sudden, yeah, she's exactly she's, what say what you said. All of exactly what you said. What you said yeah, say what you said. It's like having sex on the first date. That's not what you <laughs> said. Oh, boy. It's it's just it's just it's 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 so, I just, a great thing. Like you want her to take you to dinner first. Yeah. yeah, take take me out to dinner first. Like we just met her, and all of a sudden she's the hero of the story that we've been on for ten years. That's Can what I, he yelled. We and just met twenty one movies. We just met her, and all of a sudden she's going to be giving orders to Cap and Tony Stark and. Yeah. Thor? No. You, you know what? No, 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 I, I no. really need to adjust this. Oh, my this. God. That was amazing. No, it upsets me so much. Okay, please you, don't leave because I really okay. – can I be the first to rebut here? Rebut, rebut. Your fears of this happening is based on a prediction of how Endgame is going to go that is one prediction out of thousands of thousands of thousands of possibilities of what could happen in Avengers Endgame. This is probably not going to be it. Because, one, Marvel's not stupid enough to make 21 movies leading into the Avengers and then make one movie about Captain Marvel to have her strip away the stakes for Avengers Endgame. So I really don't think that's going to happen. Two, uh, it's like everybody has had their first movie to get into the Avengers. And uh, the last time we did in Avengers 1, the last, very last movie to, to actually show up was Captain America, the first Avenger. And then it gets into the movie, The Avengers. So it's just like, you can't then, then be like, well, Iron Man had two movies. Why is all of a sudden we got this Captain America movie and he's the savior and he's the leader of the team? Yeah. It might not happen that way. I know you're saying that, but they're setting it up. She's the most yeah. powerful MCU They have shown hero. nothing except for that post credit scene. And then the Super Bowl spot tells us fuck all about yeah. what's mm-hmm. going to happen in Avengers Endgame. The teaser before that showed us fuck all about what's going to happen in Avengers Endgame. My prediction is that she's going to come in. The the thing I loved about the post-credit scene is that it shows us that we have way more th- to look forward to in Avengers Endgame than just fucking punching shit a Thanos. Yeah. It's not going to be about just punching Thanos. It's going to be way more because it is going to be the ensemble cast that solves this problem. Doctor yeah. Strange looked at 14 million possibilities. This is probably not the one. Mm-hmm. I feel or, like you guys don't you guys don't see where I'm getting with this. Do you really this. think that they are going to strip away? I think what you're concerned about is that Captain America, Iron Man and Thor. Your this is the last time we're going to see these guys. I really believe that. I really do yeah, believe that. You going to think you think that after all of this universe building and all of this time spent with them that their final hurrah is not going to be emotionally weighted and satisfying? That Captain, Mar- that Captain Marvel is just going to come in and punch Thanos out and then be like, you boys couldn't get it done, idiots, and then like <laughs> flick a cigarette butt, and then they're going to be like, I'm retiring from superhero dumb forever. Like, is that what you think? I just think... They're, of course they're all going to like have these I'm just saying moments. maybe this is a misstep in Marvel. Maybe we should have been introduced to Captain Marvel a lot sooner and have her on this journey no. if we're going to defeat Thanos and then she's going to be Again, the one that no. leads them to this. I don't I think she's going to be the leader. I, no. I do not think that she's going to be the leader. And how do you know that the, the only way 
for them to fix their issue is to defeat Thanos. What there oh. is a theory floating out there, and it's a theory that I kind of believe oh. is that maybe Thanos becomes a protagonist along with the Avengers in this. They talk to Thanos, and Thanos you know becomes what? a good guy. One of the theories from the Super Bowl spot is that you, you have uh, you have the three lines. Some people move on. But not us. And you, you think it's only Captain America saying that? Somebody re-listened to the audio and broke it down. Some people is spoken by Iron Man. Yeah. Move on is spoken by Thanos, and uh, but not us is spoken by Captain America. No huh. way. That's so there crazy. is a theory floating around that 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 this whole thing is a completely separate movie, and that's why they Marvel made it instead of Infinity War Part One and Part Two. This is why they've made it a, a two separate movies is right. because this is a completely different plot from what we're thinking is going to happen. Mm-hmm. All right, you may have talked me off the ledge a little bit, but. I told you guys going into this movie, if this is the way the MCU is going to shake it down, I'm going to be very upset. Which and is why I'm that, sure it won't be. Yeah, okay. And But then watching that end credit scene, I was like, but she just shows up. This up. No, she, she just set- shows up. A painter it's goes kinda, off and she shows up. It's like the end credit scene for Ant-Man when uh, uh, Ant-Man 1 when uh, Falcon and uh, and Captain America are talking about it, and then Falcon goes, I know a guy. Mm-hmm. It just ref- references the hero of the movie we were just watching. Right. Personally, too, our, like I'm excited for Captain Marvel to shake things up. I think like we've had all these movies with all these characters, and they're great and all, but couldn't get the job done. So they should hang it up. We've heard Kevin Feige and everybody, the Russo brothers, talk about how this is the end of an era. Yeah. This next movie's the end of an era. And I just don't think, I don't want to have the end of the era finish with anything other than the original Avengers I solving think, like, the biggest no, 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 no. Yeah, she's oh, going to help. There's, she's j- just like the last 10 years of movies. Uh, Captain Marvel is another piece in the puzzle. She's just she's going to be some sort of help to defeat Thanos. There's something that she has, some power that she has. Well, she has all the power. Else. We just saw that. Well, and that kind of concerns me. No, but you know that's she, what she, upsets she, me though about you is that 21 whoa. movies later, you have lost completely lost faith, even though they've made 21 great movies. <laughs> I just lost faith. I just <laughs> I have a lot. I have a lot riding on this last movie. Okay. Apparently, you're so. a bet. Have, yeah. You have a bet. Artist, degenerate gambler. We all know that. No, 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 not that. I just you know I want to see. Emotion. You have a lot of see. emotion points invested in this. I do. It's the same with Game of Thrones. It's the same. It's all up there. Imagine I if just, Captain Marvel shows up. Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> Very high standards for this, and I just she's don't. the new Queen of the North. Just, just yeah. And and look, what about Scarlett Johansson and Black Widow? She's got to be thinking, oh, who's this girl who's like taking over everything? No, 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 no. no. What do you think? No, she's so uh, no. She'd be supportive and be like, sweet, another chick. Great. It's International Women's Day, Art. Yeah. And I think it's still going to be very interesting, too, because we've seen now that Captain Marvel gets her power from one of the Infinity Stones. Well, that was a neat twist. I didn't understand. It's really. like, that what, was so great. Would, would you say that it was from one of the Infinity Stones? Or yeah. she, so Captain Marvel was trying to make that whatever quantum <laughs> engine, and she used, like, she harnessed the power of the, um, the of the Tesseract to make it. But did she take, would you say she took a part of the Tesseract, though? No, but if you harness the power of the Tesseract to create that engine, and it blows up in her face, and that's how she gets the power. Technically, she got her power from the Infinity Stone. Yeah, Yeah. and so I think that puts her at a level to 
you know, compete with the will of Thanos. Similarly, that Thor's Stormbreaker competes with the will of it because mm-hmm. it's made out of the same whatever as the Infinity Gauntlet. And, you know, so they still will have to work together because... Well, as soon as she grabbed Marvel, the Tesseract, I'm like, yeah, you go. She's, mm-hmm. So she's got the power Thanos of level. one. Of one. No, but that's one Infinity Stone. It's Thanos has, stone, Thanos right? has six. Yeah, the Space Stone. Right? So it's, it's just like, still be it's like Scarlet fight. Witch, right? Scarlet Witch yeah. has the power of the Mind, the, the mind Stone. Right, yeah. But uh, she... With no, their powers combined. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. right. See, that maybe that'll be like the big like thing of it is that they all that no one person should have the powers, but when you work together as a team and and discover the magic and true love inside you all along, that's how you defeat that, it. And that is the point of the Avengers. Yeah, right? mm-hmm. is that no one person has the ability and power to defeat a giant, a greater conflict. Yeah. Uh, has, I, I gotta go. To go yeah. I just want to say that uh, I gave it a seven and a half. Out of ten. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Hearts there you go. mad because Captain America's beard doesn't have any Infinity Stone powers. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Art. So we love you. Art. Bye, Art. Wow. What else are we going to cover about this? Um, okay. There's Art just poked his head back in the window for a second and then ran away. That was so funny. <laughs> Sorry. Um, the Quinjet. The Quinjet. The original Quinjet. The that quad was pretty really cool. cool. Yeah. The Quadjet, did yeah. they? Yeah. <laughs> so there was like some nice fan service in there. Yeah, do we talk about like Easter eggs for the fan service Can stuff? You? No, let's do that. Anymore. Let's do that. You didn't get any? Well, I didn't. I, I got like any. a couple, but yeah, I'm yeah. sure Brian would hear more from yeah, me. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let me oh, look God, at these Brian's notes here. Ready. <laughs> All right. It's time for Brian to shine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, one, Kirsten, I want us to talk about the Stanley cameo. Oh my gosh, yes. Because the Stanley cameo oh, was so perfect. Good. It was like a perfect it, one. It works as a really good Stanley cameo and it works as a Stanley cameo in the fucking 90s. Yes. So perfect. He's basically practicing his lines from Mallrats. So let's let's bird's eye this again. Uh, uh, Captain Marvel is wandering through the subway trains trying to find the Skrull and happens upon... Someone, Stan, well, some, someone, yeah, reading someone reading a script, reading the Mallrats script, practicing his lines over and over. Guess what? It's Stan Lee. He was in Mallrats. He's rehearsing his lines. Mallrats was like one of his first big cameos. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. like I would say, like Kevin Smith was the person that almost pioneered the Stan Lee cameo. Like yeah, Mallrats, yeah good call. But like Mallrats, that movie, like back in 1995, like that was almost like the original comic book nerd Easter egg movie like watching that but like you could enjoy it if you weren't into those fandoms but like if you were like holy fuck all the fan service and having Stan Lee in that and and he's at like a comic book signing in the movie Mm -hmm. like it like I would say that that is the original Stanley cameo is Mallrats. And really so have call. him there, you know, and then repeating the line, like true yeah. believers, oh. like, oh my God. Trust me, true Trust believers. Trust me, true so believers. Great. Yeah. So and, and the the compassion, like the 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 sort of that'll do pig kind of, you know, like super happy look that Carol the Danvers smile. like she softens Apparently, completely. They it changed was so that. good. Uh, so, you know what? Oh, I will really? bet they did. did. Give her more of a reaction so, to be like, I love you, rather yeah. than just like I, yeah. it I was like a had fan service moment. So like originally I'm not I'm not sure what it was originally looked like, but um yeah, she looks at him, he's reading the script, he puts the script down, you see that it's Stan Lee, and then Brie Larson just gives this like amazing smile oh. and nod at everyone like c- crying. Well, Maybe just me crying. No, 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 no. Uh, so good, but apparently, yeah, it was that happened after Stanley's death. Um, apparently, it was originally more of a comedic moment. Sure. Yeah, I, um, I believe it. I kind of felt totally. that that's what but it would have been. I love about this. I was I was talking to Brian about it. It's just I am a huge. Oh, sorry. Hang on a second, everyone. Hey, Ryan. Scott wants to see 
you in control mm-hmm. right away. Yep. Who's Ryan? Ryan? Okay. Who's Scott? Scott? Right. Who, Who are these people? people? Anyways, um, go on. I, I, well, thank you. I am like a huge Kevin Smith fan. Kevin Smith is an amazing human being and, and just phenomenal. And he loves Stan Lee, huge Stan Lee fan. And um, before Stan Lee passed away, um, there was like this all this controversy for like a year or two with like what's going on with this estate. Yeah. And Kevin's um, heart was broken because he wanted to see Stan Lee, but like his people essentially wouldn't let him because like it was like the, it, there was like some elder abuse yeah. stuff yeah, going on. Yeah, all those on. stories that came out. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Kevin was just so upset um, and they ended up working it out in the end. But like for him to see Stan Lee reading the script to Mallrats in probably one of his last cameos, mm-hmm. like I'm sure he's like bawling. Kevin Smith's a crier too. Oh, I'm for, sure, trying, like, for sure. Somewhere. Um, it was very time appropriate too because Mallrats came out in October of 1995. Yep. Mm-hmm. No, that's exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Except the calendar in the movie said that it was March of 1995. Interesting. Oh, mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, that's it makes sense because that's when they would be filming trivia. Mallrats. Yeah. Right? Except that's that, Mallrats. the No Doubt song came out in October. Oh. Oh. Yeah. oh well. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. yeah there, the scene Damn. where they're rushing through the blockbuster. I was like, what Holy. movies are well, here? Well, and that you were talking be? about it too because like you're thinking. <laughs> You were thinking that you would have wanted that no doubt song to, to yes. start when the ju- when they she hit the jukebox, yes. but uh-huh. all that stuff went up there in 1989. Uh, remember? So no doubt that no doubt song uh, wouldn't have existed. Yeah, sure, I didn't. Sure. It was just but just, uh, anyway, the, nope. I just wanted the 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 Mallrats cameo again. I just mm-hmm. wanted to say how much I loved it. And you had didn't you have? No, that was oh, that was, that it. was Sorry, you, I saw you, your show. No, 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 no. You you put it perfectly into words that I wouldn't have been able to put in. So thank you. More Easter eggs. Um, Project Pegasus. Do you know what that is? No. no. So Project Pegasus. That was basically what. Um, what's her name? Doctor Lawson. So uh, Marvel. Yeah. Oh, one. Oh, one. Oh. The, the the twist <laughs> about um, Annette Benning being Marvel. Yes. That fucking oh, blew my yeah. mind. Wasn't that great? Yeah. Because originally Marvel, his name on Earth was like Wendell. Mm-hmm. Mar- Wendell Lawson yeah. or something like that or so boy good. named Lawson and they changed yeah. it to Wendy and yeah, that's why we were, th- we were thinking that Jude Law was going to be Marvel right. yes I remember yeah. that early speculation this was so good because Annette Benning one played it so perfectly oh. I loved Annette Benning. yeah she did she was good as both like the altruistic Marvel as well as as well as the, the AI evil right? version yeah mm-hmm. of the AI yeah, yeah she did yeah she did such a great job with that so that was one that was a great little kind of easter egg twisty kind of thing um but then they made it more about Carol and less, you know, they they, they handled it really well, yes. I thought. They, they gave it, like, the history of there was a previous Marvel, mm-hmm. as, you know, because there has been in the comics, but then also gender-swapped it nicely as, like, but it was a woman beforehand, too, which I thought was really cool, rather than just being, like, Marvel, Miss Marvel, the way that it was originally in the comics. Yeah, yeah I thought that so was good. Great. So um, the facility where um, Captain Marvel and Nick Fury end up in, um, is like the Project Pegasus facility, mm-hmm. right? And that facility is basically, you end up seeing that years later, um, because they're in the desert, you end up seeing that years later, they turned it into this underground bunker in Avengers 1. Uh, Project oh. Pegasus is like this um, kind of joint uh, venture between S.H.I.E.L.D. and NASA to study the Tesseract. And uh, then the World Security Council takes that and cur- covertly makes it so that um, Nick Fury is now also making weapons out of the Tesseract. Damn. Wow. So Project Pegasus goes all the way back to Iron Man 2 
Wow. And, and Avengers 1. Like, so Iron Man 2, um, when, when, remember when Tony Stark, he busts his apartment by battling War Machine during the party? Yeah. And then S.H.I.E.L.D. comes in, takes over, makes it like... How, pretty much places it on him on house arrest and says, you got to figure this out, creating this new element for yourself or whatever. Here's the box of your dad's old stuff. Right. And that box, that crate says Project Pegasus. Right. Oh, oh man. Yeah. yeah. Thank so, you, Marvel. And so uh, in Avengers 1, we find out that Project Pegasus is all about studying the Tesseract. So um, they kind of retcon the Tesseract in, in a way because uh, they had said that, you know, Howard Stark fished it out of the ocean. Like that was yeah. after um, Captain America 1. Uh, but I guess they retcon it so to show that, like, while they gave it to Dr. Lawson to study it and to create this uh, light speed technology, yeah. um, and then they basically lose it because she puts it in her lab that's invisible in space. Ding! Retcon and is retroactive continuity, yes. which is adding something to a story afterwards to make it look like it was already in the story. But which is great because they that further explains how Nick Fury actually gets his hands on the Tesseract. Yeah, we were talking about that last yeah. night is how how it ends up because um, at the end of, I can't remember which of, of the Thor, movies. The post Yeah, the, the, the end of Thor. Thor when uh, Nick Fury calls in uh, dad figure scientist guy from Thor and he's already been taken over by Loki. Yeah. There's our first look at the Tesseract and, and yeah, how did that get there? Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Oh, so, does that whole timeline add up then? Because everything pretty much mm-hmm. adds up. That's yeah. yeah, I'm assuming it would, but yeah, I just couldn't remember the timeline of where and to where it goes and how it went from doesn't Red Skull have it in Captain yeah, America? So the, in the, the 40s. Tesseract first shows up in the post credit scene for Thor, and then after Thor is Captain America. Yeah. Where it in shows the 40s, in the, yes. in the, the pre in the like the Pro, prologue, yeah. prologue, yeah. Pre, yeah, whatever the pre-story yeah. is that, yeah, he he finds the the Tesseract. Red Skull does, yeah, yeah. right. And then Where he does he find it? it? He finds it in that uh, place in Sweden or whatever. Isn't that a fake though? Or Nor- Norway? No, no, that's know. not a fake. Okay, all right. But then he touches it, right, and then he gets like blasted into which we find out is that whatever weird island where he's guarding the Soul Stone. Yeah. But he gets blasted into space with it. Does the soul? Does the Tesseract get blasted into space no. as well? No, just him because no, then just the Tesseract him. falls onto the floor of the plane, but then goes all the way through the floor. Huh? And then that's how it ends up in the bottom and of the ocean. And then Howard the Stark finds it in the bottom of the ocean. That's in oh, Captain America. Oh, and then America. they give it to to Wendy Lawson. Yeah. she fucks with it, and then she leaves happens. In space. Nick Fury then gets it in the nineties. Right, it ends up in a Fonz uh, uh, lunch kit. Yeah. Fon- yeah, and then the cat eats it. Okay, yeah. all right, all right, yeah. all right. So that's the that's the one main thing. Um, other smaller Easter eggs. Um, so Marie Rambo, her uh, her best friend, yeah. her daughter Monica Rambo becomes is the next person to become Captain Marvel. Oh, shut up! Oh, that's really? so yeah. cool. She's, al- she's also sense. known as uh, oh. Photon, which is. Funny because Marie Rambo's nickname on her plane is Photon. Photon, brilliant, oh. brilliant. They don't miss a beat, these guys. Yeah, so it'll be cool oh. because now, it, so that was 1995, and and the daughter was how old? 10, 11, yeah, 11 years that. old. Yeah. So you know, fast forward to 2019, oh, she's man. an adult now, yeah. and she technically could, you know. She could be like the sidekick to Captain She can make an appearance in in Endgame, for sure. Wow. Um, Mm -hmm. What else do I have here? 
the blockbuster thing was was pretty cool, and I like how the the significance of her picking up the right the stuff. Right stuff. Yeah. That what was awesome. That? The right space stuff movie. is a movie about the Air Force, like the basically the yeah. ori- America's original astronauts. They were Air Force pilots, and they became astronauts, which speaks to her story arc. Longest and most boring movie in the world. If you watched it as a teenager, like I, I did, yeah, holy smokes! I, um, Great movie, just long. I worked in a video store, um, and the vi- I would sometimes have my shifts with um, the uh, the owner of the video store's dad, who always watched either Sink the Bismarck oh, no. or The Right Stuff. Oh, no. So I know The Right Stuff pretty much front and back now. <laughs> That's um, interesting. So, yeah, that was really fun. I'll say that aside from the blockbuster thing and obviously some music and then she puts on a Nine Inch Nails t-shirt. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a ton of 90s no, stuff. There, it wasn't Agreed. as there's, much there well, been love lettery stuff, I, but I guess that's as much as you it, can do. I think a right? lot more of it was pretty subtle though. Like the memory thing is very much kind of like RoboCop, right? Where When RoboCop oh. is rebuilt into RoboCop, he has these memories that he's struggling around with in his head right. that he has to piece together. Um, obviously okay. the motorbike and all that kind of I stuff. I did like Terminator. the CD-ROM. The CD-ROM. Oh, so oh, yeah, all of really the, the technology so stuff. Yeah, when the CD-ROM uh, took then, forever to load and she's just like impatient. What's like, happening? Are. And then uh, what I loved And you know whose acting was actually great at that moment was Samuel, Samuel Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. He's just like, this it's, is normal. Yeah, yeah it's loading. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, it's so loading. What so happens? Um, that was so good. And then the buddy cop vibe between Fury and Danvers is like very much, you know, I loved their chemistry too, by the way. I thought they, like, you called it. Um, when they ate mushrooms and went to the Oscars or whatever happened, yeah. <laughs> they, they're so good together. I really like them, I, and, I, and I hope they like each other in real life. Not and enough. And if they don't, great acting. They, they do apparently, but not enough to go on the uh, secret uh, Italy trips that Samuel L. Jackson goes on with Magic Johnson. Fascinating. Oh, every year, but Brie Larson's not invited. No. They did sing on that show that isn't the Graham Norton show. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that clip that uh, was passed through the. Uh, that was oh, they funny. sang Shallow together? Yeah, yeah, that was right. pretty funny. Was I don't know, what did you guys think, just real quick, um, about them using that No Doubt Just a Girl song during the fight scene? Liked it. I, I liked it, but I also felt, like, cause, and that's why I think that's why you wanted it to be with a jukebox, so it, it fits yeah. a little bit more. Mm-hmm. It felt a little bit Guardian, or not Guardians, it felt a little bit... Um, What's the bad Guardians of the Galaxy that de- Suicide Squad? Suicide Squad. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's like putting in pop music for the sake of putting in pop music. Yeah, right? I was going to call it campy. I thought it was misused there. And the, Interesting. The same thing with the Nirvana. Oh, did you not like that? Yeah. yeah. Huh. It just it felt like it was placed there for the sake of being placed there. Yeah. That's so interesting because, as you know, Brian, I'm always bitch moaning, complaining about 90s music around here, right? I've yeah. had an impacted ass full of it. Yeah. I'm done with it already. <laughs> right? But, like, I thought all the music in here was, like, excellently picked, mostly female fronted, which I thought yeah. was great, and uh, used to great effect, including the Nirvana song, which I could go my entire rest of my life and never hear again. I thought it was, <laughs> I thought it was great in that scene, actually. Really? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was just me anyway. I just felt that No Doubt song was too on the nose. Like I just was, a girl. I'm just a girl. Just like, yeah. That was yeah, the only give me one. Spider webs. Uh, yeah, I said th- that's what I said. Like, give me any other song. Like Sunday morning would have been really good. <gasps> it would have been weird oh. to hear "Don't Speak" though. Uh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, because I'm sure we have to wrap this up. Yeah. yeah. But can I can we just go around real quick and just Holy what are your crap. thoughts? on the rewatchability of this movie. Because some Marvel movies I could watch again and again and again and again. Some, Ant-Man and the Wasp, I hope I never see again. And then I don't quite know where this falls because there was like, there was a real part in the middle and it was like where all the good acting was, I guess. You know, where uh, Monica Rambeau and her are like talking about each other's feelings and passing the Bechdel test and crying that I was just like, 
Oof, this is gonna this is gonna God, hurt first. me when we I gotta rewatch this. That was boring to Let's me. Let's hear Brian's opinion I on this first. Cannot wait to watch this again oh? because of the twists. You know, and I can't wait yeah, to okay. see I can't wait to see that part where they're scrubbing through her memories. Thinking when you're thinking that like they're bad guys, you're like, oh man, they're really fucking with her memories. Stop that, stop that. But now if you watch it from that different perspective, knowing what you know about the Skrulls and what they're trying to do, mm. now you're a little bit more sympathetic to them, right? And so you're seeing that, those first scenes, like the twisty scenes, and you're seeing that and you're like, oh. It's probably more desperation you know, than anything. I, I kind of hope they find what they're looking for. So that's know? interesting because I think twists have diminishing returns on rewatching. I tend to right. agree with you. Yeah. And it was very a twist-heavy movie. Yeah. Rewatchability? Yeah. I don't know. Like, I could, I'll probably watch it again at least once. Um, Where? You won't pay the money to go to the theater again. You'll wait for it to show oh, up on yeah. a service? Oh, absolutely. Okay, There's yeah. two movies. Fuck you. It's March for my wallet. Right. Like, yeah, I got okay. other mo- movies to be spending money on. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I think the term is right now, fuck my wallet. It's March. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> you're, not, you're not talking to your wallet. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I don't know. Like, uh, I, I felt like the end, like, where she gets all the infinite powers of the world i was kind of like all right yeah now you're superman and now i'm bored mm-hmm. like and i'm really sure there's going to be more stakes when they put her in Endgame because thanos also has lots of, well no the, the gauntlet's broken i don't know but i, I feel like there's going to be more stakes then but like at the end of the movie when she took her little chip out or whatever it was yeah. and had all the powers i was like well great you That's can it. fly you're through invincible. a fucking spaceship now yeah. cool Wait. That I'm interested to see what Marvel, a smart company, will do with an infinitely powerful character like that. What has she been often doing in space? I don't want to watch that movie, probably, because it's a bunch of boring politics. And they won't show you that movie. No, no, I'm sure they won't, and I'm glad to not watch it. But um, I am interested to like to show like what more experiences have changed and shaped her, and why will she be more equipped and qualified to lead the Avengers over Captain America? Ha <laughs> ha, Art! You're not here to dispute that! <laughs> Oh my god! I, I did like. Sorry, I did like um, during the big fight scene um, in the laboratory. Oh, he's back. Um, <laughs> he was just yelling about you. Yeah, you just said yahaha art. I heard yeah. my name. Uh-huh. Oh man! But and I like you summoned him. Uh, who is who is Carol fighting? Um, it was it. I don't remember, but like just like during that big fight scene and all of the realization, everything comes crashing down that she is a human and her name is Carol Danvers. And somebody says something to her and she's like, no, my name is Carol. Oh, and then, not, my name's not Veers, it's Carol. It's Carol, right? But the, the part that I liked about that moment is she had a tear in her eye. Yes. And I just yeah, I loved fucking that. loved that. Yeah, that like, was in the uh, AI, the, the AI. come as you are part. Yeah. Right, yeah. Uh, Art, we're just talking about, uh, we're just wrapping it up and we're just talking about rewatchability. Uh, I was talking to somebody on Instagram this morning, hi Zelda Kink, uh, and she won't be able to see it for two weeks. She's going with a friend. And I was thinking... So she won't know for two weeks that you said hi to her. Oh, shoot, that's right, too. She can't listen. <laughs> oh, damn it. Okay, anyways. Um, and I was thinking... Yeah, in that time, would I, you know, would I want to watch it again in the theaters? And yeah, I really enjoyed the movie. I mean, a, again, I impressed fairly easily. I really enjoyed a lot about this movie. Apparently, I made a lot of sounds in this movie. Squeaks. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It, 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 I, like, I saw Winter Soldier in the theaters, and I would have loved to see that in the theaters again, just because of the bigness and the impact, but mostly of all of the things that happened that I wanted to catch again. There was so much detail in that movie that I missed. 
I don't feel that there was a lot in this movie that I missed that would benefit from a second watching in the theater, particularly that I would wait for it to come out on a service, except, Brian, for what you say about seeing the different perspectives now that I know what the twist is. But mm-hmm. generally... But that's kind of like watching The Sixth Sense for the second time. And that's then true. It's already lost. It on, yeah. As yeah. Paul says, twists have but diminishing returns. But for a movie, it's just... Uh, it's, it's a Marvel movie mm-hmm. that goes through a lot of the same beats as a lot of the movies. Yeah. They're not really breaking new ground. No. Uh, so going to rewatch it again, sure, you want to see some of the cool fight scenes, uh, some of those geeky little Easter eggs here and there, but I don't think it's like, go, got to go see it again in theater. Mm-hmm. For Fair me, enough. Anyway. Fair yeah. enough. Okay, you guys, this was intense, um, and we've gone way the frick over time uh, for, <laughs> for this second half of a podcast. Man, oh, man. Full hour. Right? Oh, yeah, geez. we are over. Yeah, so please find the Geek Out podcast on Facebook. Like the page, join the group, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, Geek Out at the Zone.fm if you want to chirp at us about anything. We would love to hear you. And um, everybody's packing up. I'm not sure if we should. Yeah, Kirsten James, where can we find you on the internet? The internet. Okay, Art Aronson, where can we find you on the internet? At Art Aronson. Also, you can check out Between the Stammers uh, wherever you found this podcast. Paul Plastino. The internet. Great. Brian Brogdano. Internet. Oh my! You can God. also find us at the Capital City Comic Con, uh, uh, March twenty third. That's a Saturday at five thirty p.m. in the Oak Bay Room. Oak Bay Room two. two. And don't forget, if you want to stop smoking, Paul's going to be out at that hotel tomorrow. <laughs> Blanchard Street. Comfort yeah. Inn. It was Sandman yesterday. Was quiet, quiet, quiet. Son <laughs> of a gun. <laughs> joke, joke, joke. I'm Travel, my- <laughs> Travel Lodge. I'm, Web- I'm Webmeister Bud. This has been the Geek Out Podcast. I love you all. Bye. The Geek Out Podcast is a production of the Zone at ninety one three. The views expressed here are not necessarily those of this radio station. And really, some of those views are pretty stupid. I mean, come on. For more on-demand audio from The Zone, visit thezone.fm slash podcasts or the on-demand tab of our app. Thanks for listening, and thanks for being a zoner.